Tonight, is a popular, successful black man allowed to support Donald Trump? I'll show you the liberal media's reaction. It's October 12, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. You come here once a year with a sign, and you feel morally superior. The only thing I have to say to the government for why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. In the United States, black voters vote Democrat. A chart of U.S. presidential exit polls going back a generation shows it. In 1980, even the great Ronald Reagan, so gentle and amiable and friendly, not a harsh edge to him, he only got 11% of the black vote. In 1984, a year when Reagan won a massive re-election, he won 49 states, his share of the black vote actually fell to 9%. Republicans never exceeded 12% of the black vote. And in 2008, when Barack Obama ran, he got 95% of the black vote. 95%. I mean, I guess I understand. But look at 2016 when Trump was running against super white Hillary. Trump got just 8% of the black vote. The blacks are about 12% of the U.S. population. So to lock up 90% plus of that vote, pretty much before a campaign even begins, that's a strong electoral advantage when you're living in really a 50-50 America. And black votes are not spread out evenly in places like Maine or Oregon. They're concentrated in urban centers like Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit. And that's a big reason why states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Illinois are considered locks for the Democrats, though Trump managed to squeak through in Pennsylvania and Michigan this time. So what would happen, just to brainstorm, if the Republican vote amongst black Americans went up a bit, say to 20%? Say to 30%, let's get crazy here, 40%, I mean, let's not get carried away, but let's say it was no longer considered a sure thing to the Dems. That could shave off a few percentage of the total vote. And, and like I say, a lot of the states that are close, they just wouldn't be close anymore if they have a large black population and you move 20% of that vote over. Now, there have always been black conservatives, and I'm not even talking about 150 years ago when it was the Republicans, the party of Lincoln who freed the slaves, while the Democrats were the party of slavery and the KKK. I'm talking about Clarence Thomas, and Thomas Sowell, scholars, intellectual stars, but not popular culture stars. The stars, the leaders of the black community in recent years are often celebrities in the field of entertainment and sports. Frankly, black conservatives can come across as that square cousin in that old sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, nerdy, almost white in style and manner compared to the hip Will Smith, who was so cool in that show. I guess that's my point. Democrats own the cool territory, don't they? Whether it's Colin Kaepernick and the Black Lives Matter votes, protests rather, or Jay-Z and Beyonce and other pop stars, they were all for Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. They locked up the cool vote. Sorry, Clarence Thomas just isn't going to beat that in the popular culture. Well, enter Kanye West. He's a very successful music star, rapper, merchandiser, visionary. He's a little bit like Elon Musk of Tesla, except for with music and words. He's sort of far out. 
sort of open-minded, experimental. You know, Elon Musk is a bit eccentric. He's a disruptor. He's a contrarian. But Elon Musk is pretty harmless. He's, he's a geek underneath it all. Kanye West, he's as big as it gets in what I, I think you could call urban culture, from clothes to music. And he happens to be married to a celebrity supermodel, Kim Kardashian, just in case you didn't know, she actually has more followers on Twitter than Donald Trump himself. Now, Kardashian recently visited the White House to plead for clemency for a black woman who was given an onerously long prison term for her nonviolent role in a drug offense many years ago. Trump listened and carefully commuted her sentence, setting the woman free from prison. Trump and Kardashian seem to have a serious conversation about the serious issue of prison reform. It was interesting, and the fancy people hated it. For a decade, they loved it when any and every celebrity would visit Obama and the White House, but they didn't like it one bit when a celebrity visited Donald Trump, even though she actually achieved some real success for, in this case, a black woman that, by the way, obviously Obama himself didn't help. Anyways, that's some background. Kanye West has met with Donald Trump before. Kanye has posted selfies of himself wearing that recognizable Make America Great Again hat, and that caused a big freakout on the left. He went on Saturday Night Live just a couple weeks ago, and when he started riffing on Trump, they, they cut him off and they booed him. They would never do that to a Democrat ranting for Hillary, would they? So Kanye's been going rogue a bit, and the left does not like it. But would you look at that? An opinion poll by Rasmussen, reputable pollster, published here in USA Today just last month, about six weeks ago, showing that Donald Trump's approval amongst American blacks was 36%. Are you sure that's not 3.6%? No, 36%. That is unbelievable. For decades, 36% on election day would mean the destruction of the Democratic Party in several states. And it's a sign that maybe some other blacks feel emboldened, feel that maybe it's okay to publicly identify, if not as a Republican, at least for Trump, if not for the party of Lincoln, that maybe some blacks think the last 50 years of urban leftist policy, welfare, crime, affirmative action, hasn't actually worked for their community. And maybe the president, this president, who's obsessed instead with job creation instead of virtue signaling and identity politics, maybe this job creator is actually better for blacks than Democrats who take blacks for granted. And so Kanye West went to the White House yesterday the same way his wife did a few months ago, and Trump invited in the cameras and Kanye West riffed in a free-flowing way, a stream of consciousness way, sort of like Elon Musk smoking a joint, but a bit more fantastical even, a bit poetic, something you might expect from a singer-rapper, I guess. I will state the obvious. It was unusual, but everything about Trump is unusual. It's unusual for a U.S. president to make peace with North Korea. It's unusual for a president to pull out of the U.N.'s global warming scheme. It's unusual for a president to riff and rant himself on Twitter. So maybe the Kanye West meeting wasn't quite so unusual after all, but I'd like to play some clips for it for you. And you can make of it what you will. You don't have to like this guy, but he's interesting to look at. 
Here, take a look at this. And we're gonna have lunch, we're gonna talk. You said, you said, I guess you know I love you. Did it, did I, did I? I don't wanna put you in that spot. But. No, I'm, I'm standing in that spot. I love this guy right here. Let me give this guy a hug right here. I love this guy right here. Yeah. That's really nice. And that's from the heart. I didn't want to put you in that position. But that's from the heart. Special guy. These two are special people. Whether you like it, whether you don't like it, they're special people. And I appreciate it. Jim, Kanye, I appreciate it. So let's go have some lunch. What message does that send to black Americans everywhere? I don't know. I'm not a black American, but I can imagine it normalizes the possibility of liking, maybe even loving Trump which is a place Trump actually held in black pop culture until he ran as a Republican. Literally dozens of rap songs idolized Trump, name check him for his wealth and style and beautiful women and audacious attitude. Maybe Kanye is saying, hey guys, it's okay to like Trump like you did before. Kanye wasn't just poetic, he, he had some substance. Listen to this, when talking about crime and guns, there are issues that plague the black community. Take a listen. The problem is illegal guns. Illegal guns is the problem. Not, not, not legal guns. We have the right to bear arms. Is Kanye West a gun owner? Is he a member of the NRA? I wonder. He had something nonpartisan to say, I think, talking about wishing a country's president well, because that reflects on the whole country. President's a symbol of the whole country. Tell me what you think of this. What do you think of this? But you know what I don't like about, it's not that I don't like, what I, what I need Saturday Night Live to improve on or what I need the liberals to improve on is, if he don't look good, we don't look good. This is our president. He has to be the freshest, the flyest, the flyest planes, the best factories, and we have to make our core be in power. We have to bring jobs into America because our best export is entertainment and ideas. But when we make everything in China and not in America, then we're cheating on our country. And we're putting people in positions to have to do illegal things to end up in the cheapest factory ever, the, uh, the prison system. Now, this next part is very important, I think, and very personal, and, and I would imagine tough to talk about. You know, a great many black families don't have a dad in the house. Kids are raised by single moms. Conservatives would argue that the welfare state has enabled that. They've exacerbated that by, you know, provide, for whatever reason. But, but listen to what Kanye West says. Trump means to him what a great America means to him. Listen to this. What do you think of this? I think it's the bravery that helps you beat this game called life. You know, they tried to scare me to not wear this hat, my own friends, but this hat, it gives me, it gives me power in a way. You know, my dad and my mom separated, so I didn't have a lot of male energy in my home. And also, uh, I'm married to a family that, um, you know, <laughs> not a lot of male energy going on. It's beautiful though. Is that not true? I mean, Donald Trump has successful kids who themselves seem to have successful kids even though they're little. I'm not saying that Donald Trump's the perfect husband, but I think he did pretty well as a dad, all things considered. Is it wrong for Kanye West to talk about masculinity and dads? I mean, we certainly hear a lot about feminism and women. My God, Trudeau doesn't shut up about it. Here, listen to that, that, that part of, again, listen to this a bit. You know, I love Hillary, I love everyone, right? But the campaign, I'm with her, 
just didn't make me feel as a guy that didn't get to see my dad all the time, like a guy that could play catch with his son. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman, that was, that's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cape for me also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys. Non-political, no bullshit. Put the beep on it, however you want to do it, five seconds delay, and just goes in and gets it done. Isn't that true? Look, if Hillary Clinton obsessed about her own gender for two years, is it not fair for some people to say, well, yeah, that, that's not me, you're not talking to me. Is it not fair for people to say, you know, I, I'm a bit sick of that. I really don't want to talk about gender all the time. But if you make me do it, I, I guess I'm a man and I like manly things and Trump's pretty alpha male. But this next line is what terrifies the black Democrats and the white Democrats who seek to control the black Democrats, oh, like the Clintons do. Take a listen. So, and uh, that's a move, one of the moves that I love that liberals try to do, the liberal will try to control a black person through the concept of racism because they know that we are very proud, emotional people. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me, that's an invisible wall. You reject oh, those who say he's you, racist. You had one question, we can go to another question. Okay. I but answered your question. I don't answer questions in simple sound bites. You, you are tasting a fine wine. It has multiple <laughs> notes to it. You better play 4D chess with me like it's Minority Report. Because it ain't that simple. Yeah. It's complex. Isn't that the truth? I don't know if you, if you remember, but Barack Obama's Vice President Joe Biden actually said, the straight face, that Republicans would put black people back in chains. And he said it with a fake black accent. It was so transparent, but he said it. He said the Republicans would make black slaves again. Look at this. He's gonna let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're gonna put y'all back in chains. Now look, Kanye West is eccentric, I grant you that. You could call him erratic, I grant you that. I compare him to Elon Musk, but look, he's interesting. He's breaking the mold. He's doing things he's being told not to do. You could even maybe call him a rebel. So watch the reaction to that. Just watch. Look at this. Look at this. I Listen, I, don't, there, I have no animosity for um, Kanye West. I'm just going to be honest, and I may get in a lot of trouble for it. I feel actually feel bad for him. What I saw was a minstrel show today. Him in front of all of these white people, mostly white people, embarrassing himself and embarrassing Americans, but mostly African Americans, because every, every one of them is sitting either at home or with their phones watching this, cringing. I couldn't even watch it. I had to turn the television off because it was so hard to watch him sitting there being used by the president of the United States, the president of the United States exploiting him and, I don't mean this in a disparaging way, exploiting someone who needs help, who needs to back away from the cameras, who needs to get off stage, who needs to deal with his issues. And if anyone around him cares about him, the family that he mentioned today, or whomever, his managers, maybe some other people who are in the music business who know him, they need to grab him and snatch him up and get Kanye together because Kanye needs help. And this has nothing to do 
with being liberal or conservative. This is to do with honesty. And we have to stop pretending, sitting here on these CNN panels or on whatever network panels, and pretending like this is normal. And let's have this conversation about Kanye West and what he said. A minstrel show? We really don't know what a minstrel show is in Canada in 2018. It's this, it's, it's white people doing a, a shtick, a, a vaudeville style show in blackface. That's what CNN thinks of a conservative black man, or just anyone who, who likes Trump, I guess. Here, it, it gets crazier on CNN. Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read. Um, and, and we have this now, and now Donald Trump is going to use it and pervert it, and he's going to have somebody who can stand with him and take pictures. <laughs> just looking at Scott's <laughs> Could you imagine anyone saying that about a black person? I mean, basically, if you're black, you have to be a Democrat or else you're crazy or a stupid N-word or just you're impossible. You don't exist. You're not real. You're an abomination of some sort. You know, people expect that if you're black, you have to be Democrat. I have, a, uh, I've, I've have conversations that basically said that welfare is the reason why a lot of black people end up being Democrat. They say, you know, first of all, it's, it, it's a limit to amount of jobs. Uh, so the, the fathers lose the jobs and they say, we'll give you more money for having more kids in your home. I hate this next reaction the most. MSNBC shaming him for talking about his feelings about a father figure. Wow. Okay, I'm doing this for everybody who's watching us who turned their volume down. You can put it back up again. That but was if you think you're bonkers. going to get uh, a thoughtful play-by-play -play and political analysis, you're not, because that was an assault on our White House. We're not. We're not. Uh, uh, we're, we, you can't analyze some of that stuff that was said. Um, as we warned you at the top, uh, there was a little bit of profanity. We there was actually more than you heard. We we were able to bleep some of it out, uh, but there was uh, some of it did make it in there. Um, that was crazy. That's that was crazy. bonkers. I mean, the things that, that uh, Kanye said. Uh, Can I go with my favorite? Yeah. How he talked about he had a lack of male role models uh, right. in his life growing up. Not and a lot reason, of male energy in his the house. The reason he, said. he was drawn to MAGA was because of the male power. When, when he put that cap on, he felt like a guy who could play catch with his his his. Because uh, he didn't have that opportunity, which was stunning. And look at this guy, this next guy. You probably don't know him. He's so obscure. Born in South Africa, mixed-race parents. He now hosts a late-night show, low-rated, in the United States. Trevor Noah is his name. He came from South Africa, but he seeks to lecture American blacks about their experience and about what they can or can't say. As you probably know by now, there was a ranting lunatic in the Oval Office today, <laughs> and he had to sit there quietly as Kanye West did this. The White House today, a presidential sit-down like we've never seen before. Kanye West met with President Trump in the Oval Office, and he had a lot to say. I love Hillary. I love everyone, right? But the campaign, I'm with her, just didn't make me feel as a guy that didn't get to see my dad all the time, like a guy that could play catch with his son. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman, the I-Plane One. 
It's a hydrogen powered uh, airplane. And this is what our president should be flying in. So there's theories that there's infinite amounts of universe and there's alternate universe because time is a myth. Would you build a trap door that if you mess up and you accidentally something happens, you fall and you end up next to the Unabomber? All we really have is today. Over and over and over again, the eternal return, the hero's journey. And Trump is on his hero's journey right now. And he might not have expected to have a crazy mother like Kanye West. I'll tell you what, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Trump's mouth said, that was impressive, but you could see he was thinking, is it racist if I call the cops? Is that... <laughs> and I'm not a fan of this new Kanye West, but I will say I really enjoyed seeing Kanye make Trump feel the way Trump makes us feel every single day. Isn't it gross, though, that all the white-owned, white-dominated networks dispatch just their African-American hosts, or mainly their American, African-American hosts, to destroy Kanye West? Hey, who's the ventriloquist's dummy now? Even our own Canadian state broadcaster, Trudeau CBC, got into it. They played more the insanity angle, since there really aren't any blacks who are allowed to work in senior positions at Trudeau CBC. They didn't have blacks who could attack the rogue Republican black. Here's a CBC news reader from the Atlantic saying how, how much she cares about mental illness. And hey, guys, don't stigmatize people who are a bit off balance. Oh, but unless it's uh, Trump lover Kanye West, um, whom she not only diagnoses uh, as mentally ill, but she mocks because he supports Trump. Less courageous critics in Canada merely said that the president abased and debased his office. That's what Ali Velshi, the Canadian who's now down at MSNBC, said, didn't he? Funny, I didn't hear that same concern for the dignity of the office when this lady, Glozell is her name. She's a YouTube sensation, didn't you know? She's famous for filling up a bathtub full of cereal and sitting in it and eating it, don't you know? That dignified young lady was invited to interview Barack Obama. That's not kooky, people. But Kanye West talking about maybe supporting Republicans, that's crazy. That's mentally ill, people. Now, look, it is all a bit unusual and a bit tawdry. These Democrats saying to a black man, a successful black man, a thinking black man, you cannot be black if you're a Republican. But let me end with the most thoughtful comment of the day. It wasn't just Kanye uh, in the Oval Office, though. He got most of the ink and airtime because he's the biggest star. But another star, or at least a star a generation ago in the NFL, was this man, Jim Brown. I'm going to end with his comments after the White House visit. He sat in silence while Kanye, Way, uh, Kanye West riffed for the cameras. But listen to this elegant, dignified man. I'm going to run this for more than two minutes, but I loved listening to it. What do you think of it? Well, we had the opportunity to meet with the President of the United States, which everybody doesn't have that privilege. And with me at 82 years old, the only thing I could talk about is how to help other people and how to help our young people in this country, the violence, and how to deal with life skills education, which American program promotes, which is a program I've been working with for 30 years. So it was very positive. Well, 
I'll tell you, I gave him my opinion of the overall community in this country. I'm a black man, of course, but my life has not always been around black people. I have some wonderful white people that have helped me as a child, helped me as an adult, made up for the fact that I did not have a father. So I express my desire to bring a plan along with his plan on how to help people. People need jobs, people need education, people need to be attended to, so that's what I'm talking about. It's not controversial, I'm sorry. But, uh, well, you're a legendary, football, you're a, you're a legendary football player. Did you, by any chance, deal with the issue of taking the knee? Well, I can be very blunt about taking a knee. See, first of all, I'm an American. That flag is my flag. Things that I've overcome in this country allows to make me a better person. I don't think that we should take knees in protest instead of standing up for our flag. I think we should work out our problems as a family. And that's what I would advocate to my children, to all the young people that I deal with. I am an American. That flag is my flag. And I want to represent it that way. What about Brown, what Uh, well, you'd have to talk to Conway. I mean, he's a beautiful human being, but I can't speak for anyone. Two more questions. Two more questions, huh? Were you shocked by his monologue in there? <laughs> I don't get shocked. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move along. Thank you. All right, last question. Excuse me. Last question. Oh, really, uh, I don't know. I really don't. I really, and I don't really care <laughs> because this is the President of the United States. He allowed me to be invited to his territory. He treated us beautifully, and he shared some thoughts. And he will be open to talking when I get back to him. That's the best he could do for me. So I'm happy to say on that, it's been very successful. I want to give you all my respect. We got to go. Yeah, I like that. And I think he's right. And I think the Democrats are really worried. And they're going mad. They're doing crazy things to stop this. Like, I think they're going to get worse. I think they're going to manufacture accusations of racism the same way they just finished manufacturing accusation of rape against Judge Brett Kavanaugh. But look, bullying so far hasn't worked on Kanye West or Jim Brown. It's going to be interesting to watch as we head into the U.S. midterms, won't it? Stay with us for more. Who drew it? You know which group drew it? Because I can give you reports that are 
fabulous and I can give you reports that aren't so good. But I will be looking at it, absolutely. Donald Trump asked by reporters about new, the new report by the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. He very wisely says, yes, he's received it, but he wants to know a little bit more about who wrote it. Of course, Donald Trump has been a major skeptic of the theory of man-made global warming. Even before he was president, it was something he would tweet about constantly, <coughs> calling global warming a scam. He would use that language and laughing at the fact that it was trying to be uh, rebranded by the left as climate change. Remember Donald Trump, when he pulled the United States out of the UN scheme for global warming, he said this, and I thought it was very pithy. Take a listen. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. That's a reference to the UN convention in Paris, where the world got together and said they were going to reduce carbon. Well, Maybe not so much, but they were going to certainly scare us. Joining us now to talk about Donald Trump's reaction to the latest Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report is our friend Mark Morano, the boss of ClimateDepot.com. Mark, great to see you again. Thanks for joining us from the streets of Washington, D.C., not too far away from the White House. Donald Trump a little less combative than he has been in the past about global warming, but still having a healthy dose of skepticism that former presidents, both Republican and Democrat, never showed. No, uh, what President Trump did, and those reporters asking him, was just a phenomenal development here in Washington. No previous president would have said what he did. And I mean no even potential previous president. No President Romney, no President McCain, no President Bush, no President Dole, no President Obama. It was a profound statement. And following up on that, the House Republicans all basically shrugged their shoulders and paid no attention to it. This is making the climate activists and the media just get shriller and shriller. The New York Times, the Washington Post, they're beside themselves that we have a president who just doesn't care. And what Donald Trump said is scientifically accurate. He can show you reports to show the earth is fabulous. What he means by that is that there's nothing unusual going on. And it's not just reports that skeptics would gather. We're talking about the peer-reviewed literature shows that sea level's not accelerating, that polar bears aren't in danger, that there's no increase in extreme storms, despite the most recent hurricanes, that global temperature is not unusual. So Donald Trump is scientifically accurate, and he's politically accurate by just completely dismissing the UN and being skeptical. And he has great reason to be skeptical. One of the lead authors quoted was Barbara Streisand, funded by Barbara Streisand for a quarter million dollars, Michael Oppenheimer. He's also an activist with the... With the uh, Environmental Defense Fund. These are activist scientists. The UN is in charge of the problem and they're in charge of the solution. So Donald Trump gets it, doesn't even spend a lot of time getting it. He just dismisses it. And this is making them get just pound their heads there in Washington once again. Another great moment for President Donald Trump. You know what? You, you've really clarified it for me there because the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is complete disinterest. And so these passionate reporters who deeply believe in global warming, even the question, if you heard it by the reporter, oh, it's catastrophic. Trump just sort of said, well, I got a report. And I'll, yeah, I could show you reports either way. Uh, so it's not like he fought back ferociously because then you would meet fire with fire, meet passion with passion. He doesn't even care. And I think not only is that the healthier, normal answer, but you're so right, that infuriates the other side. Trump doesn't even feel the drive to rebut it because he's pulled America out of the global warming circuit 
And if these reporters have some hobby horse, well, he'd rather talk about jobs and, and drill baby drill and digging coal. I love the fact that he actually doesn't care because you know, he's the president. He doesn't need to care about what they care about. Yeah, in fact, when the report came out, it was actually the day that he was doing the ceremonial swearing in of Brett Kavanaugh. He had sworn him in the day before. He actually, with the White House, was asked for an official comment, and they said, we have no comment today. We're focusing on the Supreme Court. And that was their official comment. I mean, that was amazing. You had this UN report coming out with all this bluster, all this just utter nonsense, tipping points and just boring nonsense about how we're all doomed and we have 10 years to act. And they literally just didn't care. So the media since that time, they're now saying that anyone who voted for Donald Trump, anyone who voted for the Florida governor, Rick Scott, any climate skeptic there is in deep trouble with uh with with mother nature because they are um they are now facing the wrath of mother nature and we have actual professors and scientists coming out and saying and saying that they are going to uh uh the people by voting for republicans that more hurricanes are going to come that's how bad it's going to get yeah that kind of anthropomorphism it it's much closer to superstition than to any science i know um you know, it's funny down there because you're in the United States and Donald Trump is so focused on jobs and economic growth and the stock market. I mean, he he talks about it every single day. I think it's I don't think it's unfair to say Donald Trump is obsessed by jobs and economic growth. I think he would take that as a compliment. It's so, such a contrast, Mark, because up here in Canada, our environment minister is the opposite. She's obsessed with this global warming report. And so is the Canadian media party. Um, they, they're doubling down on the carbon taxes. We live in an alternate universe up here in Canada. But I, I suppose at the end of the day, it, it's sort of impotent. I, I, one thing that caught my eye, Mark, is that Donald Trump just casually introduced a major new program to clean up actual, real pollution in the oceans. So not harmless, colorless, odorless carbon dioxide that um, you know you and I are exhaling, but actually cleaning up junk in the sea. Trump's all about cleaning up actual pollution. He's not gonna waste time talking about how many puffs of CO2 dance on the head of a, a pin. Yes, in fact, right before President Trump famously met with Kanye West and the former NFL great Jim Brown in the White House, he had, of all people, Democrat Senator Sheldon Whitehouse at the signing ceremony for this cleaning up the ocean campaign that President Trump had been championing. And as you mentioned, this is a real environmental problem. The government can actually do something that's gonna be putting sanctions and pressure on the governments, particularly in Asia, that are responsible for most of the ocean pollution and plastics and all the issues that we're having. In other words, not using uh, plastic in Starbucks is gonna do nothing for the ocean, but actually using US international force to pressure these countries in Asia to clean up their act is so you had senator whitehouse the number one global global warming alarmist in the senate praising donald trump hmm. for an environmental issue it was an amazing sight to see yesterday you know it's funny because of course and again i just want to tell you our canadian story because it's such a contrast our environment minister just did a, a tv interview where she brags that at her house they don't have plastic straws they have metal straws which of course need to be washed in detergent unlike plastic straws. so she's so boastful about banning straws and plastic straws and she's on this jihad against straws but of the 10 worst polluting plastic dumping rivers in the world eight are in asia two are in africa so the the cabinet minister in canada 
who's virtue signaling about her metal straws. It's, it's, it's just it's so, it's so laughable. Trump's taken the fight to these actual polluters. I, I can't, it's so funny that he's actually doing the real ocean cleanup, but she's the one virtue signaling. Have you been following our Canadian environment minister at all? I'd love your thoughts on her if you have, or maybe she's just one of a thousand squawkers that you tune out. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, this is when you mentioned virtue signaling, that's what everyone is into on these issues. I will give uh, Senator Whitehouse credit, though, for actually saying and, and praising Donald Trump and being there, shaking his hand, giving Donald Trump that photo op. A lot of climate alarmists wouldn't do that. And, you know, at least Selden Whitehouse uh, was actually there and was able to swallow hard because he obviously despises President Trump. But most of when you're talking about these other environmental issues, it's all virtue signaling. This is what they're all into. And the Canadian uh, prime minister, the environmental minister that you're mentioning, you know, I don't think she would have had, would have been willing to ever stand on a podium with Donald Trump to actually do something about real reduction in environmental waste. And I think this is where... In my book, I actually talk about that, where scientists lament the fact that real environmental problems are going by the wayside because the environmental movement has been hijacked by global warming concerns. And Donald Trump, by the signing ceremony yesterday with Senator Whitehouse, the lead global warming alarmist, is showing that America actually cares about real environmental problems and we're doing something about it. You know, that, that's such a wise point. I, other than this goofy new plastic straw uh, obsession of our environment minister, I've really never heard her talk about anything other than global warming. And that's a shame because there are real environmental issues. I mean, they're not top of mind for most Canadians. We live in a beautiful, clean country. But it's like 99% of what she talks about is global warming. And I think most people tune it out. And for those who don't tune it out, they probably think, well, wouldn't it be nice if we actually had some real cleanup? Very interesting times. Let me ask you, um, is there, is there uh, any truth to our government's contention, Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, and this same Catherine McKenna, our environment minister, that there are still powerful pockets of global warming activism in the United States at the state and city level. I know there's lots of virtue signaling, to use that phrase again, by the likes of the governor of California, but does that actually mean anything or is that just press releases? Do the states and the cities have power in America to actually do the same craziness as Canada's they, well, they, they, they have a lot of power to do a lot of bad things that have nothing to do with climate but hurt their people. Yesterday I did a, an interview on Fox News about this Nevada. They're actually having a ballot measure pushed by none other than Tom Steyer, the climate billionaire activist in the state of Nevada, where they're going to have, I think it's 50% of their energy renewable by 2040. And they want to alter the state's constitution in order to do that. So you have the state of Nevada stepping up, allegedly because Donald Trump won't, and they're going to be hindering and, and radically restructuring Nevada's energy supply, all in the name of virtue signaling about global warming. Huh. Same thing's happening in California. Hawaii has passed similar ones, 100% you know, renewable energy by X date. And it means nothing in the next couple of years, but these are real things that are on the books now that are gonna start basically cutting down energy that's proven work, fossil fuel-based energy, and start mandating energy that doesn't work or it's not ready to take over, renewable, so-called renewable solar and wind. So yes, in terms of what the economic damage they can do around states, they're doing it and it's increasing around the around the around all the 50 states where Democrats are in control. Huh. Wow, that's uh, bad news. You know what, we know from the example of Detroit that was once the leading industrial city in America, highest wage, uh, it was a magnet for workers and we now look at its devastation. 
is that America really is a laboratory of 50 competing jurisdictions. And just yeah. as Detroit, Detroit can rise, it can fall. Nevada is a state, I think a lot of Canadians love it because we were familiar with its vacation destinations, including Las Vegas. It has that style and brio and over-the-top energy. Wouldn't it be a shame if Nevada was the next Detroit uh, and some <laughs> other state yeah. uh, was the new champion? But that's the miracle of the United States of America, 50 little jurisdictions, each with a lot of autonomy. Um, I wish sometimes we had that provincial autonomy in Canada too. Last word to you, Mark. Uh, do you think, other than this brief puff of um, empty rhetoric from the left, do you think this latest UN global warming report will go anywhere? They say we're all gonna die in the year, you know, tw 12 years from now or whatever. Does anyone even believe that anymore other than a few pundits? No, in fact, you know, Michael Mann, the former, you know, the UN scientist, came out and said that Donald Trump is the greatest threat we face. They're just trying, they get more and more shrill. And as they do that, it's becoming more and more irrelevant. The problem is, because this report is out, if the next election in the United States goes to a Democrat, they will take up this report and they will use it. Just like I mentioned, Nevada, California, Hawaii, they use these reports in order to start state intervention into the economy, which is what the, you know, the socialist left always wanna do. They wanna intervene, they wanna regulate and control and tax, and they use these reports for that purpose. So right now, it means nothing for the next couple of years in America as, an, as a whole, but this could mean something in a few years if the, if the White House shifts to another party. Hmm. Mark, we, uh, we're really grateful to you for your uh, information and your arguments as always. Thanks for joining us from the street. I know you're actually holding the camera up as you're right, yes, you're actually very a, close to the White House, which I think is symbolic. Appreciate you making the, the time the, the for us in the middle of your day. The restaurant came over here and they, they took away my tripod stand at their table. They didn't want me using it. So yeah, I'm holding it, hand holding it. That's well, all. thank you for doing that. Our viewers appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, my friend. Thanks a lot, Ezra. Appreciate it. All right, there you have it, Mark Morano. He's the boss of ClimateDepot.com. Stay with us. More ahead on the run. Hey, welcome back. What do you think of Kanye West? I mean, I'm not a fan of everything he says or does. I, I, I thought uh, he was outrageous when he said. George W. Bush hates black people. I don't know if you remember he said that back in Hurricane Katrina. So I'm not saying everything he says is rational. Um, but he brainstorms in real time. That's always odd, isn't it? It's so risky just to try out ideas when you have millions of people parsing your every word. He does that. I think he does that because that's, in a way, what rap is. You, you know, you don't sit down and write the perfect rap the first time through. I think it's a, a work in progress. You workshop it, as they'd say. I think Kanye West is used to brainstorming and having a hundred ideas thrown at the wall and only one works. It's interesting to watch. It's interesting to watch. If blacks can break out of the grip of the Democratic Party, not only do I think it will be better for their own communities, because not only do I think Republicans actually are better for blacks, but it'll make the Democrats actually pay attention to black community needs even more. You know, it'll be competitive. You'll have Republicans and Democrats both trying to woo black voters. How's that not good? You know, I'm a Jew and I'm a conservative, and for a long time that was a rarity in Canada too. I think the migration of the parties of the left to the anti-Semitic and anti-Israel side has made more Jews in Canada wake up to the reality that the conservatives are the friends of the Jews, both in terms of anti-Semitism and Israel. 
In America, I think Jews still vote for the parties of the left, but nothing like blacks vote for the Democrats. 95%? That's almost impossible. That's almost Saddam Hussein-type percentages. He'd get 99% of the vote. It's interesting. I'm enjoying watching it. And uh, who knows? Maybe one day, maybe one day, Kim Kardashian might actually run and be the first female president of the United States. Uh, crazier things have happened. That's our show for today. Until Monday, on behalf of all of us here at the Rebel World Headquarters, good night and keep fighting for freedom.